Hey, if you're into BMW motorcycles, Max BMW has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got all kinds of parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door. The website, maxbmw.com. Also sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free to sign up for. Again, the website, maxbmw.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear is American-made, heavy-duty luggage systems for all motorcycles. You can turn a dry bag into motorcycle luggage using the strapping system, and it's all tested in extreme conditions to withstand the abuse of, of what we do with adventure bikes. It's, the, it's stuff that I have on my bike as well. Drop by their website, www.greenchiliadv.com. That's www.greenchiliadv.com. There's a conversation that I've heard a number of times, I would say. It kind of goes something like this. Usually, you know, people are talking about motorcycle travel and they're, they're standing around and, and chatting about different things. And then someone will say to the person that's done a lot of travel, maybe telling them about their trip, that person will say, geez, I, I wish I could do this. I would love to do this, but I can't. And then usually what follows that statement is some people or a bunch of people even saying, well, you have to be committed. You just have to find a way. You have to do it. You know, I thought the same thing and I just went ahead and did it. Well, it's not quite that simple because life isn't like that. I mean, let's face it. We all live different lives and we have different priorities and we all have to triage. We have to put that most important thing at the top and then work our way down, stacking things up like a Christmas tree um, for our own life. So not everybody can or even really wants to deep down. I mean, the idea of it is great, but the idea of uh, maybe leaving their job or leaving their family or doing whatever is not not even in the equation. It's it's not doable for them. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because adventure isn't defined by the number of days that you're in the saddle, the number of miles that have rolled underneath your tires, the number of people that you've met in foreign countries. Really what it's defined in is how well you can find adventure in your given time slot, whether it's two years, a month, two weeks, or even a day trip. Coming up, we've got a rider that does short trips, knows how to find adventure, but never really leaves home. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. Hi, I'm Sam Manning. I'm Phil. Ted Simon. Austin Best Rest Products is where the number one tire pump in the business for us motorcyclists comes from. It's called the Cycle Pump, made in the USA, has lifetime warranty. They also distribute the Google Tech filters for North America. The website, cyclepump.com. That's Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. Well, you know, it's not even guesswork. It's a proven fact that you will get more miles from your chain by oiling it regularly. Here's what you got to look at. The MotoBreeze chain oiler. It's got no moving parts, got no electrical parts. It runs off of air pressure and it's got vacuum connections that take the oil down and deposit it onto a felt pad that goes directly onto your chain. An ounce of oil gets you a thousand miles or 1600 kilometers. MotoBreeze.com. There's two eyes in there. MotoBreeze.com. The idea of traveling the world by motorcycle with an open time frame and nothing pulling you away from your adventure is appealing, I think, to the nth degree. But the fact is, most riders are never going to do it. 
because either they really don't have the full desire. I mean, it's a wish. It's a nice idea. It's a nice picture, nice poster, but actually doing it is a different thing. Or they have other things in life they want to do. People they don't want to be separated from, maybe career, other commitments, whatever the case is that makes the round the world trip just out of reach and, and maybe not desirable. We talk a lot about adventure on this show, obviously. A few points that we always try to make, or two points that we always try to make, is one, that any bike is an adventure bike. I don't care if it's a scooter or Harley-Davidson Cruiser or a bike that's marketed as an adventure bike. Any bike is an adventure bike if it takes you out and gets you into some sort of adventure. And number two is that any adventure is a worthy outing. Adventure is described in many ways when it comes to motorcycle adventure. And I think most of us agree that that really adventure is sort of pushing your comfort zone, whether it's your riding skills or maybe learning something about the places you're in or connecting with people that you meet along the way. However you look at it, it's pushing your comfort zone. And you don't need to be doing a round-the-world trip to push your comfort zone or even a cross-country trip for that matter to have an exciting motorcycle adventure and push your comfort zone. It can be a month, it can be a week, a weekend, or even a day. And that can hold plenty of adventure and discovery if you know how to look and what to plan for. Our next guest is a perfect example of this. Trevor Mark Hughes lives in British Columbia, Canada. He's been exploring British Columbia for years and he's still going and he doesn't see any end in sight. Now, just how does one keep themselves entertained so close to home? Well, here's Trevor. Hi there, I'm Trevor Marcuse. Uh, I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, I'm a motorcycle travel writer and author. Trevor, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jim. It's a real pleasure. You are, you're located in Vancouver. That's right. But you're originally from Victoria, I know. And from what I understand, your introduction to motorcycling was sort of because uh, one of your friends early on in life told you that you, you weren't taking any risks. That's right. Yeah. I, I was, um, I was in Vancouver and I was, I was working as a, as a broadcaster there and, um, various independent production companies. And, and I kind of felt like I I was at a point in my life where, uh, where things were a bit stuck and I've, I've got a natural tendency to be, be anxious about things. And I've been sort of dealing with, with anxiety for, for, you know, off and on my, my life, my whole life. Um, and so, you know, when, when things sort of get difficult, I tend to kind of withdraw, I guess. And so he noticed that and he, he sort of thought, well, why, why don't you, why don't you, you don't you don't seem to do any, take any risks. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I've, I've moved out of the house, you know, I'm living. And of course he was telling me this in the house that he grew up in. Right. So I was a little bit. I was a little bit upset about that. He was like, oh yeah, big risk. You're you taking you don't see it. Like clearly just the way you're talking right now, you didn't see it the way he's saying it. I didn't see it. No. And, and, and I think I was a little bit resistant to that, but then I, then I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking about, you know, what, what, what do I need to do to kind of shake things up a bit? And, 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 um, I decided to take the BC safety councils, uh, three weekends course um, and this, at this point I was about, I was about 27, yeah, I was 27 and, uh, decided to take the, the course of three weekends, two weekends out at Boundary Bay airport to, to learn how to, to ride. We were riding Honda CB 125s and then the final weekend was, uh, um, out on the road. And then we took our, our test after that and, and got our class six motorcycle license, uh, here in British Columbia. And, um, and that sent me on a trajectory I never imagined 
I would have gone on. Well, it's kind before. of odd that, that you take motorcycle. I mean, you know, somebody says you're not taking any risk. I think skydiving, <laughs> you know, something, something really dramatic, <laughs> but I mean, and, and a lot of people would say motorcycling's in that same ilk. It's just not really what I would picture. Why, why did the motorcycle capture you? Well, you know, I think that it gave me a certain independence, you know, and, and I think in my life, I just tend to, um, I don't know why I do this. I just tend to, uh, to, to take my own path and to actually favor the path that is, is not as traveled. Um, and I don't know any, I didn't know anybody else who was riding a bike. I didn't know anybody who, who knew how to ride a motorcycle. And so looking back, it seemed, seemed a bit, seemed a bit, uh, out of the ordinary, but in, in retrospect, it makes some sense. I mean, I, um, riding a motorcycle for me now is, is, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's a vulnerable kind of travel. It's a more connected form of, of travel than, than getting into a car. Um, and it just, it, I don't know, it just, it just seemed to appeal it. Um, and I, I don't think that I did this specifically because that, you know, that roommate friend of mine said, you're, you're not taking any risks, but, um, at the time I did realize, yeah, something, something needed to change and I needed to do something that was, uh, um, I don't know, that was, that would, that would just take me in a new direction, shake things up a bit, I suppose. You mentioned you've been dealing with anxiety your whole life. What, what is that? I mean, what, you know, describe what you're dealing with. Yeah, it's totally, it's a totally illogical thing. You know, it's, it's the, it's the what ifs, you know, the what ifs that, what, what, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if I went out on a ride and I, and I, and I, and I run out of fuel? Of course, I'm not going to run out of fuel. I'm, I'm monitoring the situation. I am on the ride and I'm fully able to determine whether I'm going to run out of fuel or not. I am able to, um, uh, you know, to, 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 um, uh, plug up the tire and fill it back up again. I am, I am able to do these things, but it's the what ifs that I often have to, uh, to think about and, uh, um, and they pop into my head. And so when it's the funny thing, you know, I was, I was talking, I was actually, uh, emailing with Sam Manicum about this a while back. And he said that, you know, the thing about anxiety is that when it's, it's always the, it's always the anticipation of something when you're in the moment, when you're on the, on the ride, you're not anxious. It's true. You're not anxious because you're, you're in the middle of it. And, and it's always the what ifs before the anticipation before you go, um, that, uh, that can kind of send you down, I don't know, a very, not, not, a, not necessarily a self-destructive path, but a path that, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's, it's, you know, I think we all need to have a certain amount of anxiety to, 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 to protect ourselves, you know, otherwise we'd be, you know, be riding into walls, you know, and we'd be, <laughs> it'd be like, we wouldn't be thinking about what it is that we're doing. And, but so there's a certain amount of self-preservation in it, but there can be too much of that. And, uh, I think that's what I've had to sort out from time to time. Yeah. I think it's pretty common, like you said, for anyone to have those sorts of feelings, but how debilitating is it for you? Does it stop you from doing things? It has. It, I find that it, it, it kicks in more and more when I haven't been, been riding for a while, you know, and, and, and you get more detached from the actual experience of doing it and the actual, actual ride. I find that if you're actually doing it more, just becomes, it just becomes what you do. And there's less, there's just, there are less anxious thoughts enter my head anyway. 
Um, and I think it's the best medicine, if you will, to, um, to, to fight it. I've, I've been finding that, you know, it's been over this winter when I've had the, you know, I've had my GS plugged into the trickle charger that, you know, I, I you know, I, you, you come, you go over the maps and you, you know, I, I've been going over maps. I've been thinking about what it is that I'm going to be doing next. And, and it's like, oh, well, you know, that seems like a long way, you know, but, but when you're, when you're, when you're on it, it's, 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 it's part of the journey and it, and it just makes sense in the moment. So, um, yeah, I have, I have, I have had to, to deal with it from time to time, but then I get back on the bike and it just, it seems to all make sense. You know, you're, I'm, I'm in control again. You're saying when you say best medicine, you're talking about motorcycle riding. Yeah. About getting, getting back on the bike and doing that more often. Well, when you were younger though, what did your friend see in you that he felt compelled to point it out? Cause it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, intimate thing. I think anyway, to point this out to somebody, um, unless he's just razzing you, uh, uh, but I mean, to point that it out to somebody, been a fair amount of that. Yeah. Could have been a fair amount of razzing going on. Yeah. But I mean, he saw it. So others saw yeah. it around you and you didn't see it. What did they see? Yeah. Well, I, I think probably he, probably what he saw was that I, I tend to withdraw, you know, I tend to spend more time spend more time at home and, and, you know, and, and overthink things, um, and, uh, rather than do them. And, uh, it's funny cause when he did mention that I was about to head off to live in London, England for a while. Um, you're going to work for the BBC. I was going to, I did a little stint there and then I worked for various production companies there. And, um, so I was, it was like, well, come on, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to head off to England and live for, live there for a year, maybe more. Uh, how much risk do you want? Um, and so, you know, I, I, I guess I, 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 I do find when it is that I get stuck, I try to find something that is, you know, is pretty, is, is pretty outside my comfort zone and do it. And, um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, somehow, but it's at least I will have tried, you know, at least I would have said, you know, I, I, I did try, uh, I did try writing you know, that, that distance off road. And I did, you know, did try, you know, getting, getting from here to there. Um, but, uh, it's certainly by getting on the bike more often, uh, I, I find it becomes, it becomes easier. I think like all things that might concern people in that way. Back when you started, when you, when you got your license, we were talking about, you got yourself a little Yamaha, I think a 400 at the time. Yeah. What was it to you at that time? The, the bike? Uh, it was a kind of a fun way of, of getting to, to work and back, to be honest, you know, it was, it was, there was this little, there's a little nook at the CBC, the CBC in Vancouver looks a lot different now, but it, there was this little nook where there were a few bikes, a few motorcycles parked. And I loved just finding a little, that little nook and not having to worry about parking. I love that. And then getting on the bike at the end of the day and just pulling out and getting, getting on my way. It, it just seemed like I'd found a little um, I don't know. I just, just, a just a way around what everybody else was doing. And it seems so much simpler. It just seems so much more adventurous to just hop on the bike and go. And, uh, I loved it. And so it, it, it kind of expanded from there. And it was just at the, at that time though, it was just really something where I was thinking it'd be a, a fun way to get, get around rather than my, in my ancient Volkswagen. So it's kind of just a nice form of transportation. At this point, you're not really thinking of doing any trips. No, no. I think the furthest I'd gone to was over on the, I went over to the island, which is just a ferry ride over, uh, about an hour and a half ferry ride over and then a, a, a short ride up the island. It's about as far as I went. 
you met a girl. Um, I, th- I think um, yeah. you've. Uh, I think she was pregnant in three months. I think is what happened. Yeah. And that's not mm-hmm. private information that I'm sharing there. Yeah, this is my first book, and and that, uh, as you might expect, was a, a life changing moment when I found out because I'm going to be a dad, mm-hmm. and uh, and life changes in a whole variety of ways when uh, when when dadhood, when parenthood. And I, I launched myself into that wholeheartedly. I, I sold the, the Yamaha Seika, uh, sold my Volkswagen, and uh, and things went in a in a in in, in that direction for uh, for quite some time. That's a very common narrative. People, when they're young, they get a bike, they get into riding, and the family comes along, and then we we almost switch, you know, just into this. We do. We we switch into uh, a more conservative mode. I guess just different focus, and the bikes in most cases, disappear for us until later. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and certainly when my, uh, when my, yeah, my, my first son, my son, uh, who he was born, it's hard to believe this, this was, um, uh, uh, just about 16 years ago now. Um, he, uh, you know, I, I noticed, I noticed after, after a, a few years that, that there, there were, well, let's just say that there was some, there were some issues that were, that were a little bit um, uh, the things, things were a little bit, uh, well, let me back up. Things were a little bit, uh, 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 more, more challenging, I guess, than you'd, you'd expect through, um, uh, sort of what might be considered, you know, a, a regular trajectory of, of parenting. And I, I noticed some things there, there were some, there were some things that I noticed along, along the way with, uh, with my son and six, and when he was six, uh, he, he was, he was diagnosed with autism. And, and that also, um, and, and tendency to, for, for anxiety to be a real, um, let's say, uh, 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 something that allowed him to, to live a very cautiously. And so I was seeing this part of myself in, in, in my son and I focused on that wholeheartedly. You know, that was, that was what I, I, I looked after looking for ways to, um, to intervene with the autism uh, after he was diagnosed, and that took that took a lot of time, and that took a lot of love, and that took a lot of, um, and that was that was that was a challenge. Uh, Michael's a wonderful boy. He's, uh, he's he's he travels he travels with me now. We just went on a road trip to California and back, mm. um, but I couldn't have imagined that uh, when he was when he was six, and um, and so like you say, I mean when parenting kind of comes around, you kind of, I mean, I think, I don't think motorcycling goes away. I don't think that, you know, and, 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 um, it was actually a year after my second son was born, different, different relationship. I was married at the time. Um, and when, uh, uh, we had to, in the first year I left on my Kawasaki KLR 650 up North, uh, went, went away for two weeks and, uh, and, and it, uh, it came back into my life then. So, so you guys split up, I guess, with the stress of everything? Yeah, I, I, I think it was a lot of things. Um, and certainly the, 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 that stress and possibly the idea that, you know, you know, we didn't have, uh, a son who was, who was neurotypical, quote, neurotypical, you know, was, um, could have been too much to, to bear, but it was a lot of different things. And, uh, um, but luckily I, I met something, somebody soon, soon after who, who became the, the love of my life. And, and, uh, she understood that, uh, that I like to travel by motorcycle. 
were you again on the bike by the time you met your new wife or did you? I, I, I was, yeah, actually I had bought a Kawasaki KLR 650 um, and I had it uh, a few months before I met her. So what made you do that? I, I needed to find something that was my own again. And I think that that also may not be uncommon with people who, who go through a split in a relationship that you kind of need to find yourself again, who you are as an individual. And I think that's, that's what I did. I started, I remember going for long walks in Stanley Park and thinking about it. And I went over to the Sunshine Coast. Somebody was selling a KLR 650 over there. And I looked at that one. I thought, this seems like a pretty ideal bike to get started on. You know, it can do just about anything. I read some reviews about it and, and it was a big stretch for me, you know, riding a Yamaha Seika 400 where the, you know, the square headlight was kept on popping out of its housing. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a pretty characteristic, you know, it had character that bike, let's say that. And then um, to go to um, a much higher in the saddle um, motorcycle, I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty small inseam guy, you know, and, uh, um, but there was something about that motorcycle that made me think, okay, I could, I could travel further on this and I could, uh, and I could experience more of, of, of BC. And I was starting to realize at that time I hadn't experienced so very much of British Columbia yet. Um, and so, uh, it wasn't that bike, uh, that, that bike on the Sunshine Coast, but I found another one. And, uh, and, and I started riding up to, up the Sea to Sky Highway. Um, and I started, uh, going a little bit off road in Squamish and started to think about what else, uh, a motorcycle could, could mean to me, what I could do with it. Did you see that KLR as an adventure bike at the time? No, I don't think I knew of it as that kind of, that kind of terminology. I just, I just, I read about it and I just looked at it and I thought, wow, that is a solid motorcycle. That could, that's like nothing I thought I would, I would, I would ride. And, and I guess it was part of that going back to, you know, sort of stretching out as, as, you know, as, as an individual, when things go wrong or somebody says you can't do something, or maybe I think that I can't do something, I might just say, well, you know what, maybe I can, I just need to do it. You know, I just need to, I just need to, to take that first step. So yeah, I was, I was soon the owner of a Kawasaki KLR650. And now, since that point, your riding still takes you on sort of shorter jaunts. So you're not basically, you're not riding the world, you're not going out of the province. No, I mean, I do tend to, I mean, I've ridden out to Alberta, I've ridden to Washington State, but I have tended to, to you know, stay within British Columbia just because it's, I mean, there are just so many different, uh, there's so many different environments you can ride to in this province. It's it's pretty extraordinary as I've traveled around the world, not necessarily on a bike, but when I've traveled, traveled elsewhere, I just realized how varied British Columbia is. You've got the you know, I'd ride up the, you know, do the Duffy Lake Loop, which rides, you know, it's, it's a ride from Vancouver to just north of Whistler to Pemberton to over to, to, to Lillooet, which is considered to be one of the driest parts of Canada. So, you, you, you know, uh, less than an hour before then you were in a, you know, you were, you were just getting out of, um, out of the tree line, out of a coniferous forest. And, and I think it's that variety that keeps me interested. And, and also, uh, and this is a major factor is just the very, history of this province, um, going to, going to places and understanding the history behind them. 
You, you, when we were talking before, you'd mentioned about um, when you worked at the CBC doing news interviews, you're talking with people in remote communities that you really knew nothing about. And the, the interesting thing about that statement that you made is that there are differences within small areas. There's differences within provinces, within states, within countries, uh, nuances, I guess, that make riding to one of those places an adventure in itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the things I've mentioned in, in, in talks before is that, you know, I, I, yes, I did work at the CBC as a news and current affairs reporter sometimes, and then as an arts reporter for a bit and did all sorts of things there as a freelance broadcaster. But the idea of reporting on places in this vast province, uh, where about places I'd never been to before, in some ways it felt kind of like cheating. I know it was, it's part of the news business and you've got to do it, but you know, there was this one story I mentioned to you about, about Luna, the orca calf that, uh, it was a big story in, in the late nineties. And I was asked to cover this and talk to people at the department of fisheries and oceans in Ottawa about it. And to people in the community of gold river where this was happening on the West coast of Vancouver Island. And I was gathering all these sound bites and I'm trying to understand the varying positions. I'd never been there. I'd never been to Gold River. I didn't know what it was like to see this orca stranded or not stranded, but, but, but left alone and, and, um, and people locals befriending it and, and, and the government trying to intervene with that and, and what it meant to the local first nations community. I'd never, I never ridden out there. I never traveled out there. Of course, at this point, I, I wasn't, wasn't riding. Years later, I would ride my Kawasaki KLR 650 to Gold River on a very exciting road, Highway 28, uh, from Campbell River over to, to Gold River. And I'd understand the transition between one environment to the next. I'd understand what it's like to ride through Strathcona Provincial Park, what it's like to to enter these this, this huge forest, the the, the the mountains that you pass through. It's like the backbone of Vancouver, British Columbia that at one point rose out of the ocean. And to see that transition allowed me to have a better understanding of where I was going and, and to, well, really what the people there are, are, are having to deal with. The, they're, they're away from a major town. They're, they've got to commute to maybe do some major shopping. You know, it's, 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 um, it allowed me to understand and I think connect more with the place that I was traveling to. We get a lot of emails from people saying, you know, they'd like to hear about shorter trips because not everybody has the time or even wants to make the time for the long trips. And I think that that sometimes people imagine that the only real adventure is to ride the world, you know, uh, or, or cross your country at the very least. Or maybe if you're in North America to go down to South America, which obviously would be adventure in itself. But you're finding adventures, you know, in, in short rides, same as I am. This is, this is my style as well, is, is most of my rides, I've always been self-employed. I, I can't get away for various reasons for very long, you know, a couple of weeks maybe uh, at the most here and there. But most of my trips now are short trips. They're explorations like sort of a, you know, a micro exploration of an area. But it, it gives you a very intimate um, view of things and, and you connect with them more. When you're searching for your, like when you're looking for a destination, I know you're planning a, a couple week trip coming up here in the summertime. What do you do? Do you, do you pick a theme? Do you, do you pick um, an idea, something you want to explore, somebody you want to meet? Yeah, I think I do more. I mean, I, I, I tell my wife this from time to time. I say, one day I'll write, I'll, I'll go on a ride and I won't write about it. <laughs> I was like, like, I'm just sort of, just sort of, yeah, yeah, just 
I'm just uh, teasing myself there, but, you know, uh, but the idea that I, I, I've, I look at these rides and I try to learn something new about where I'm going. Um, I'm going to be going um, uh, in a few weeks, kind of called the, I guess, the theme of this particular ride, the breadbasket of British Columbia, because I'm going to be heading out to uh, the Okanagan and I'm going to uh, to ride uh, Highway 3 for the most part past. There's a huge row as you get into a place called Karameas of, of fruit stands. And uh, um, I love these fruit stands. I've been going past them and stopping at them on trips since I was a, I was a little kid. Um but to understand where that all that food comes from in the summer, where the peaches come from, where the, you know, where the apples come from, um, and and see, you know, go to the go to the wineries, see where where that food is coming from as a, as a, as an urbanite, you know, I think that that's something that I can't be reminded of, you know, often enough, and um, just to stop every once in a while and eat a peach and you know and and taste that in the environment it's been grown in. And to go uh, go further up to um, uh, places like Vernon and see the lake country, um, it's it's a, it's a beautiful environment to go. And you get, get to a place like a Soyuz, which is uh, you know a lot of sagebrush and 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 desert country. To to go from an environment like near Vancouver, where the rainforest is, to something like that is a is a big transition that you know it doesn't take that long to get to. And so that's that's what I'm going to be doing next. And yeah, I guess I do tend to. Uh, to look for themes in my rides and, um, and write about them later on. Is, is it always driven by an article? Because obviously you're a writer. You, you said that at the start and you're writing for various magazines, um, motorcycle magazines. Is it always because, you know, you've, oh, I've got to do this article for the magazine. What am I going to do next? I mean, I think it's, it's part of the freelancer's mentality. And, and, and you mentioned that earlier, being, being a freelancer, um, it's hard to shake. You know, you're, you're, I'm always thinking about the next thing. Um, I'm always thinking about the next story to write, or, um, I like to make, you know, uh, uh, short, short films too. Um, and, uh, I've liked, I, I kind of like doing that. I suppose it, <laughs> I've heard this, uh, from somebody as being kind of a Victorian way of, of, of thinking of the world. You know, you've, you've got to travel someplace, but, you know, you know, uh, you know, the idea of always wanting to, pick up something else, you know, or learn something else from, from the travel, you know, uh, one day I'll just go someplace and enjoy myself. Maybe <laughs> I was, I was thinking maybe it's an excuse for you because you, you know, you can easily say, oh, well, yeah. I have to do it for work. It, it, it could be, you know, that, uh, it, it's, it's an excuse to go for a ride. And, and if and any, any excuse to go for a ride is a good one, isn't it? I mean, you know, um, I like the idea of, of, of going someplace and learning more about it. And I guess it does stem from that freelance broadcaster journalist way of, of looking at the world. Yeah, for sure. We're going to take a really quick break here. Thank a couple of sponsors that helped bring this episode to you, but we're going to be right back with more. Stay with us. You know, arguably the most important connection between you and your motorcycle are your handlebars and your foot pegs. Yet the foot pegs are often ignored or even worse, sometimes replaced with substandard ones. Because there's more to a, a foot peg, an aftermarket foot peg, than just a wider platform. It, it not only needs to be built tough, I mean really tough, because the last thing you want is a peg to fail on you. 
but they need to be designed in certain ways to allow your foot to pivot properly, to catch a gear and brake lever, to allow them to fold up properly when they bump up against something. All things that are, are found on quality foot pegs. The pegs I use and abuse a lot are IMS products. IMS has been making hard parts for motorcycles since 1976, and they've now got a complete line of pegs for adventure motorcycles. Um, drop by their website, look at what they've got for you, www.imsproducts.com. And anytime you're talking with them, uh, emailing, phone, whatever, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Again, www.imsproducts.com. You know, backpackers really uh, understand the value of a good quality sock. I mean, you, of course, you need a good quality boot for backpacking, but you also need that sock because the sock is what protects your foot from your boot and that you'll get chafing from the movement between the two. And we'll certainly find it too with motorcycling. Not only that, you want a sock that's going to keep your feet warm when it's cold out. And the best cold weather socks I've ever found that I've ever tried from all the socks and all the outdoors things that I've done are Pearly's Possum Socks. They're made specifically for motorcyclists. They've got a couple of different variations of them. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com is the website. Um, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio when you're talking to them. I'm still using my Pearly's right now, even as the weather's getting warmer, just for that, for that chafing protection that they give me in my boots because riding can be rough on your feet. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. Are you a yakker? Do you, do you, do you, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, are, are you the type that likes to stop at the fruit stands and yak with people and find out, you know, the name of their dog and where they come from and their cousins and all that sort of thing? Is that, is that a part of how you're connecting and, and finding things out about areas? Not necessarily. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, specifically about just, just going, going places and, 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 uh, I, 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 I do kind of, seek out asking questions about, about, um, where people are and, and, and certainly I'm going to be asking questions about, uh, you know, when, when is, when is the ideal harvest season for, for what you're doing? And I'm in terms of, and if those details come out, I suppose organically through the process, then great. Um, so I might just have, you know, three questions I want to answer. Uh, and then, and then, you know, you just end up conversing with people and, and, and as I've found, you know, it's sort of been an interesting side uh, side effect. I guess you could, it's not a side effect, but it, it's been a very interesting, um, uh, uh, unexpected experience from from going on these trips. Is that you end up connecting with people and they stay friends. You know, they they. It's not just a matter of asking these questions and then, thanks very much. You know, I've 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 done my I've done my bit and I'm going to write my article and head home. It's it's about uh, it's been about making, making, making new friends. And, you know, one friend that I made when I was on that trip up North years ago on the KLR 650 at Mesiaden Lake, I, I parked next to him and, uh, he was a fellow from Colorado, him, he and his wife, and he saw my KLR 650 and he started to talk to me. We're still friends and they're coming up to see me in a few weeks, uh, for Easter. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it's it's been a real pleasure to be able to meet people from all over, um, and uh, yeah, just just make that connection, stay friends with them. It's uh, maybe it's something to do with the vulnerable form of travel that that motorcycling I found has been. Um, but people tend to stop and ask how you're doing, and the conversation starts from there. 
It's also that you're you're traveling by yourself, isn't it? I mean, because if you're sitting with someone else, it's a different scene. You're sitting with two people, the fire, maybe having a beer or something after your your day's ride, and you might wave to someone walking by, but it's probably not as likely they're going to engage with you. Yeah, I think so. I think there might be that distance. Um, yeah, partially because they they know you're you you know inherently for some reason that you're that you're okay. I guess you're you're in a you're in a fuselage, you're in a, you know, you're in a, you're in a cage, you're, 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 you're going to be fine. But if you're, you're open to the elements and you're, um, uh, you're on your own and there's this perceived vulnerability, uh, when you, when you're traveling on a motorbike that, that people, yeah, they did, they do, they do want to help you. They do want to make sure that you're all right. Um, even if I remember riding to, uh, on, on Vancouver Island to Carmano Walbrand Provincial Park, and I just stopped for a, for a cereal bar and you know, you're on a pretty, uh, a pretty rough road. Um, and they just, they just, they just stop in their truck and make sure that you're okay. How are you doing? Um, and so, you know, there's, 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 there, it, it's interesting how help is not far away when you're on a motorcycle. And I find that a really interesting, uh, phenomena. And not just from motorcyclists. Not just from motorcyclists. No, from, from people who are driving up in their trucks and, and, uh, and their four by fours and they're not just blasting past you. They're, 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 they're checking in on you and they and, and it, and it, it gives me a real optimistic view of things, I suppose, just to, to, to know that, that, uh, that people do care and you're not just another, I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, you're not just another truck heading the other way. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it, I guess it is that you are vulnerable to the elements and that, uh, they want to make sure that you're um, you're doing okay there by the side of the road. Is that a choice to to ride alone, or does that just work out that way? Sometimes it just kind of works out that way. You know, like we were talking about before. You know, it's it's sometimes hard to align schedules with uh, with your riding buddies, but um, it's it is in some ways. You know, I, 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 as, as again, kind of going back to the freelancer's mentality, when you've got a something you need to do and you've got certain photos you need to get and you've got, uh, um, also a deadline to get from one place to the next. Cause I do, you know, I do have responsibilities at home and I, and I do like, uh, I do miss my kids and I do miss my wife and, and I do want to, um, it, it's a, it's a striking that balance can be, can be, uh, can be a challenge sometimes too. But, um, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be, it can be, um, it, it, getting, getting those things done. If I've, if I've got a writing assignment in mind, I tend to go solo. Um, I'm more so as I get older, I'm finding that I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing with others and I seek that out and I try and, you know, make sure that I've got, I've got somebody to ride with. Um, and, uh, yeah, I suppose that's just something that I'm I'm doing as I as I get uh, further into middle age. And are you, are you camping or are you hoteling it? Uh, sometimes I'm camping. I'm thinking, finding more that I'm I'm uh, either uh, bed and breakfasting or uh, or more telling it. I've, I've I've found that I'm I've it's it's I I like bed and breakfasting because you know you get to talk to somebody who is who is local and you get to uh, um, ask questions about about the, 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 you know, it's the local environment about what you can do. And, um, and I'm finding that, that way of doing things pretty, pretty helpful and complements the motorcycle trip. 
We've talked about you writing articles. You've written loads of articles for different magazines. Like, um, what kind of magazines? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Canadian Biker, Inside Motorcycles, Riders West, Motorcycle Mojo. I've been writing for uh, Rider in the U.S. Um, and uh, Traverse, which is a, a magazine that uh, uh, Lee Wilkins uh, makes out of out of Australia. I've written for them. Uh, and uh, I've written my my two books, and I've got another uh, book coming out in in May, which I'm an editor of. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it involves the, the travel of another Vancouver Islander. Uh, and, uh, and that's, yeah, that's going to be coming out in May. Yeah. That's where I was going with this was you have other books out. The one is nearly 40 on the 37. What's, is that your first one? Yes. Yeah. That was my first one about, uh, the triumph and trepidation on the Stuart Cassier highway. That's the subtitle and, and rode up to, um, uh, rode up along highway 37, which is also known as the Stuart Cassier highway. Um, and yeah, speaking of a, a varied, a varied environment, that's, uh, that certainly was. What, what is that book about? Is that overcoming a midlife crisis? Yeah. I mean, I was almost 40. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. There's certainly about a great deal of, of the impending midlife crisis, uh, or the perception that it was on its way anyway, um, involved in that. And, uh, just the sense that I just getting for to be 40 and I hadn't seen this part of the province, the province I'd grown up in. It's cause you got distracted on the way. And, uh, I got a little distracted on the way and I'd say anxiety played a little bit of a part in it. And, um, I, 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 I only had two weeks as you know, my, you know, there, there were demands at home, but at the same time, um, I, I saw that, uh, um, I, I, I saw getting to, to, to Whitehorse and then getting home, um, way well beyond what I had expected to get home for, um, just, uh, you know, unacceptable. And, you know, it was the kids would, would be starting school. And, you know, so there was a, there, there were those sort of, there's that challenge of, of trying to, to juggle what, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish on the motorcycle trip. And then, and then making sure that, uh, everybody at home is all right. And, and, um, so we did manage to get just to, to got to the Stikine river bridge, which was one of the places that I, I really wanted to see, you know, as, as, Wade Davis calls that uh, that Stikine River Valley, and he calls it the Serengeti of Canada, and I and I wanted to see it, um, and uh, and I did, and uh, to to get there on the motorcycle was was pretty satisfying. Did you have to overcome anxiety to get there? Yeah, there's there's one section in the book where I I I don't sleep very well. I have another there's another friend of mine that has uh, has this this difficulty as well is 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 I don't, I, I had a one man tent. I was, I was sleeping all right. I was maybe getting about three, four hours a night. And that wasn't, over time wasn't enough. I, I put it in, in the book is how long until I get, you know, this little sleep before I start heading out on the bike in my underwear, you know, I start thinking about, you know, I, I can't figure, I can't figure out the basics of life. And that's when it starts to, you know, it, it's harder to cope. And, and for me, that's when the anxiety kicks in and, and it starts to get pretty illogical. Um, you know, all the, all the possibilities, the what ifs start creeping back in. And, uh, but I, I pushed myself, I pushed myself to get to a point where I wanted to, I want, I, I could turn around and I did, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I did it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, of, of going out there more often. These were very perceived, uh, you know, perceived fears and, uh, the people that I, that I met were, 
were wonderful and they were very supportive and curious about what I was doing as <laughs> riding solo, especially my, you know, the people that were eventually would become very good friends, the Taylors uh, from Colorado. Um, uh, you know, you, you meet those people and they help you along. Um, and even though you can't see those people when you're planning your trip, more often than not, they do, they do come out and they, they do, they are a part of your journey. Well, that was nearly 40. You got to be pushing. That was, that was in 2013. You got to be pushing 50 now yeah. or getting there. Yeah. Nearly 47. <laughs> so what does that feel like for you? I mean, I mean, I'm older than you. So to me, when you're saying almost 40, I'm thinking it's young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's still plenty of, there's still plenty of time. I don't know. It's, 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 uh, yeah, I remember thinking, you know, uh, when I was 28 that, oh no, it's almost 30 is almost here. I know. Um, it's like, well, come on, you're just a spring chicken. And you look back and you think, what's the stress? Yeah, that's right. There's no worries. There's plenty of time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just about 47 and, and, um, uh, I've been, I've been working on, I've brought out a second book and, uh, I'm, I'm working on this one. And then the next project is working on a sort of, um, a, a grouping of an extension on, on the trips that I have been on already and, and, and have written about for various motorcycles, but for various reasons, you know, you can't include everything in those, uh, in those articles. And so there's, there's, there's plenty of material that I've saved. Um, and I want to expand upon and, uh, there's stories from around the province and connecting with people from around the province, uh, via motorcycle travel. And, uh, the, the second book was, but zero Avenue to peace park. And that took me further east with uh, with my friend Wes Taylor, who I'd met in the first solo trip. And we traveled a little bit together on our Kawasaki KLR 650s. And uh, in that book, the the idea behind the book and in, in, in terms of a theme was sort of uh, sort of Canada U.S. relations. As I rode as close to the 49th parallel as I as I could get, uh, mainly along Highway 3 the Crow's Nest Highway, which takes you past some extraordinary uh, historic towns, you know, places like Greenwood and Grand Forks and Midway. And, and you go to these places that, um, you know, we, we were, were, were real starting points for once, once colonialization took place and, and um, you know, things have, things have, have, have changed, you know, maybe copper mining isn't happening in one place, but it's, it's left a real interesting, uh, foundation for, uh, you know, for anybody who's a historic and interested, interested in, in, in history travel. And I try, I met with Wes Taylor there who I met on the, on the trip, um, previous and we rode together, you know, as, as, as a Canadian and as an American trying to sort out what it means to, to be those things and to, and to, and what are the differences, what are, what are the similarities and, and, um, and yeah, just to find out why there are roads there to, to ride in the first place. And, and in many ways, those towns that I mentioned have, have are inexorably linked with the United States because they, they brought in goods and they sent, sent goods across the border. There was bootlegging that took place in green, you know, near Greenwood and, uh, during prohibition times and, you know, moonshine sent down to Spokane and, 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 and so just some really interesting stories can come out of that, you know, that uh, there are many similarities between our two countries, but also the uh, some of the uh, differences that, like prohibition, that came out of those times. Do you think you'll ever get bored of just exploring your own area, your own province? 
I don't think I will. No, I mean, there's so many other places to 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 check out and and ride into. You know, I'm I'm I mentioned this this one trip I'm going to be heading up with that kind of theme of the breadbasket of BC and and um, of British Columbia. And I think there are just there's so much space out there. <laughs> there's so much, uh, there's, there's so many roads and between, you know, I mean, you know, Vancouver Island's network of, of forest service roads is and, 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 um, you know, going further into the Northeast, I've haven't even, I haven't even been up there, you know, um, uh, and, and, and I'm planning to at some point, but, uh, yeah, there's there. I don't think there's there's. I think there's so many things to explore here by motorcycle that I'll never get bored. Um, and I'll every every winter I'll be bringing out the maps and and planning the next uh, next aspect of trying to understand my home province. That's part of the process, isn't it? You, you pull out the maps and you look around at the possibilities and you think, geez, I've I've never really looked in that corner before. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. It's, it really is. And we're very um, lucky in, in Canada and the United States that we have such vast countries to explore. I mean, really, there is a lot to cover. And you're just talking about one province of Canada. Um, you know, if you were talking about just one state of the United States, I mean, there's just so much more and such diversity. When you go from one coast to the other, you're talking deep cultural changes as you cross the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, here, I mean, there's not only the aspect of, of, of colonial history, there's the aspect of First Nations history before that, which is fascinating to me, that there has been thousands of years of of history here. Um, that was one of the big aspects of the first, you know, the first, uh, the, 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 the trip that became the first book um, is, is going up to see, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was heading past... Um, uh, you know, Smithers and, um, and, uh, there's, I, I get to know, um, uh, up there, which, which had, a um, an interpretive center, but also, um, there were, uh, uh, uh poles there, totem poles that had been there for clearly a long time. I mean, Emily Carr had, uh, who's a, a, a painter, a famous painter here, uh, in, in British Columbia, historic painter. She's no longer with us, but she went up there and she painted those, poles found them to be beautiful and, and, and to see them, uh, was, was quite compelling. And, 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 you know, there's, there's that aspect and there's our, you know, there's sort of the industrial and the mine and the gold mines, the gold mining and the, the, the gold rush and what drew people here essentially, you know, the, to understand that a bit more and to see the towns where it took place is, 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 is pretty exciting to me. Would you have some tips or suggestions for someone looking to do similar trips to what you're doing close to home, um, but ways that could, you know, help them develop a trip into something more than just riding a road from one town to the next? Yeah, I think certainly consulting maps like we were talking about before and, and not taking the taking the road less traveled because often it'll 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 take you through other other communities and 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 you might get uh you know, a bit of information that you wouldn't have ordinarily and you, and you meet people that you wouldn't have ordinarily. I think that it, it kind of reminds me of when I first, it's actually when I first, uh, uh, first saw you, I didn't, I didn't meet you because you're in the middle of, of making a broadcast over at, at Horizons Unlimited Canada West a couple of years ago or three, this was in 2016. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I gave a talk there and, and I asked Grant Johnson, you know, Grant and Susan Johnson, who, who run the, uh, the various, uh, gatherings all over the world. 
And I, I was feeling pretty self-conscious about, you know, I'm just going to be talking about regional motorcycle travel. And Grant was like, you know, absolutely fine. There are more people who want to be able to, to essentially explore their own backyard and, and, uh, you know, don't feel so conscious. You're welcome. Come and talk about it. You don't have to cross borders. You don't have to be uh, around the world traveler to, to talk about motorcycle travel. And that really gave me a, a real boost to hear that from him, uh, who had been around the world many times, her, him and Susan. And so I, when I was there giving those talks, I, I, I thought, you know, the idea of having a theme or something that you wanted to get out of it, this is, of course, me talking as a freelancer, as a freelance journalist, but there's something that you want to learn about where you're traveling, you know, and, and, and understand a little bit more at that same time as, as riding the roads, which could be, could be very exciting. Try to find secondary roads. I mean, try, don't, don't take the, the well-beaten path. Um, I, you know, to head east, I, I tend not to take, uh, uh, Highway five, the Coquihalla, I tend to take uh, Highway three, because it's an older road, and uh, you can you can, it's, it splits off into a lot of different roads, and you can roll ride into into smaller towns and off the beaten track, and and um, uh, and it's also the road that I took when I was a kid, and my my parents took me on camping trips uh, across the province, which I think is what gave me this bug, you know, to be able to do this. Um, uh, so yeah, take the secondary roads. Um, you know, as I've been learning, give yourself enough time to be able to stop and and uh, and and get to know a place. And and I tend to not travel that quickly on the motorbike, but um, I might might you know make my kilometers every day and um and and take photographs and and uh, you know just celebrate the fact that you are you are part of the environment that you're traveling through. You know, you're 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 connected with it. And uh, yeah, take your time and, uh, and learn what you can. What's the first thing you do when you pull into a town that you're, you, you want to check out? Do you have a routine? I don't know. I mean, if I, there may be something that, and, and I might be guilty of this is just sort of having a, 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 a perceived understanding of a place that I'm going through, going to, and I might go to that, that place. Like the first thing I did when I went to Gold River is I went, I went, past the town and I went to, um, uh, 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 Inlet. You know, I went to the inlet at the end of the road because I knew that's where, that's where, um, Maluna had, uh, had been. And of course the Uchuk three was there, which is a boat that takes people out to, um, out to Iquot and, and, and beyond. But, um, uh, I, I, if I'm in a, I'm that kind of a, a seaside town, I'll head straight for the ocean. Um, and then, uh, come into town and maybe find some lunch and then, and then, and then talk to people or, um, just find a snack. And, and, and I do, I do enjoy, you know, going to the, the museum and the archives and finding out a little bit more about the place and then finding out where you can ride to that might be, uh, of, of historic interest and seeing if there's, um, some, some nook that hasn't been explored. I like doing that. Do you spend a lot of time on the internet researching things before you go? I spend some time, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read uh, magazine articles or, or books about a particular area, and that often gives me the, the real inspiration to 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 find out why why people went there in the first place and and why you know why there's a road there to ride in the first place too, you know, um, and what their reasoning is for uh, for there to be. Um, 
a path to, uh, yeah, to, to follow, to get there. Well, Trevor, it's been great to talk to you and I, I like, um, the, uh, the work that you're doing, the articles that you're writing and, and certainly your books. We're going to put a link to your books in the show notes. Um, and, um, listeners can, can go and find that. I've gathered, where are they available? Oh, let's see. I mean, you can, you can find that on my, my, my website at, uh, trevormarcuse.ca. Um, are they sold and, just directly through you though, or, or are they in bookstores? They're in bookstores. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, mainly locally here in, in British Columbia, but, um, uh, if you, if you're from outside of that area and, and trevormarcuse.ca is the place to find them. Trevor, thank you very much. Great to talk to you. Thanks very much, Jim. It was a real pleasure being on the show. That was Trevor Hughes from his home in Vancouver, Canada. You can find out more about the trips he does and the books he's written at his website, trevormarkhughes.ca. And of course, as always, that link is in our show notes. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com. Also, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at greenchiliadv.com, and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers at motobreeze.com. Hey, you do us a great favor. If anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime you see them anywhere, you mention that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. What's up? Another episode of Adventure Rider Radio. I want to thank our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and of course, you, the listener. Thank you for being a part of this. Hey, if you have any questions or comments, drop by the website and um, fill out one of the forms we have there for contact or send us a note on social media. Probably Facebook's the best. You know, send us a message or post something on the site. And if you're if you're looking around, like any, anywhere you, you find podcasts, if you haven't done it already, please drop by, give us a rating. Give us a nice five-star rating. Let other people know what you think of the show. Anyway, thank you very much. We really appreciate you being here. My name is Jim Martin, and it's time to get out there and ride your bike. See you next week. This is Zach Kerlick, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 